When are you yeah. going to Scotland? Well, we'll we've got to get through all of Highlander first before we can. <laughs> oh, to Scotland. okay. Well, of course. Well, because we can't. Yeah, you can't just go to Scotland without knowing like the rich history of Scotland that this movie provides. Exactly. MXM CXC Scotland. <laughs> mm-hmm. Calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Movies by minutes in Scotland. Oh my god. Here we are. to be king with the princes of the start here we are here we are born to be kings welcome to the first episode of highlander cut by cut a new format in the movies by minutes podcasting world i'm a host jonathan uh, i'm probably the second one to talk robin <laughs> you and i am the third chair rick <laughs> welcome welcome if you've listened to our intro you know that we Definitely thought this out really well and mm-hmm. tried to come up with the best way. We didn't want to, none of us want to do minute by minute anymore because our brains are fried, but right. we wanted to talk about movies with swords in them. And so we're like, how do we talk about movies with swords? Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah. We're all so Jason Schwartz. The best <laughs> one to start with, the best place to take a stab at, mm-hmm. the Highlander, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Highlander. Highlander from uh, 1986. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 1986. Yeah. Is it Highlander or is it Highlander? It's just Highlander. I said I've always said Highlander, not Highlander. Yeah. Highlander. If you're saying Highlander, that's a different thing. That's like uh, that's that's when we talk about the car one Navy minute at a time. Tall type thing. <laughs> Anakin, I have the Highland. Er. <laughs> er. Oh man, Where, where's the Highlander remake starring Ewan McGregor? I don't ever want a Highlander remake. <laughs> There was supposed to be everyone with Cavill. I was open to it. I, was I mean, they to tried to make a sequel and it sucked. Please don't make a remake. I mean, it's I terrible. Mean, Ryan Reynolds fair. was it also a, an early contender for oh. which I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. They tried Sorry, to make Rick. several sequels and they all failed. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only thing I, I do, I, I was old enough to know that Highlander, the TV show was on and I watched a few episodes, but I guess in my purest I was kind of a purist. I was like, well, that, I thought the quickening happening. I thought we're done. I thought we're done. Yeah. We, we've Highland enough. Whereas it's like, no, no, there's another uh, Highlander. And the quickening never, uh, the, the 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 gathering never happened. And the prize was never given. Here we go. And I, I guess that's the reason why is because uh, Christopher Lambert did not want to uh, star in the show. He, wa- mm-hmm. he wanted to, he, he was like, I'm good with a cameo. <laughs> Well, let's talk about let's talk about this. I mean, we're getting into this. Uh, we'll get into our, I guess, our backgrounds with this movie. But uh, our our head guy, our lead role, did not speak English when he got this movie. So I wouldn't want to do more of these either. I mean, he learned enough English to do this movie, and he did like three other movies after it. Like kind of like he did a second Highlander movie, which we will talk about on this show, and then he did uh, that horrible third Highlander movie. Is that Which, the final dimension or something? Like yeah, that? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want to watch that. Yeah, with Mario Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles, yes, as the bad guy. <laughs> and then it wasn't it like what? Wasn't it Highlander Endgame? The was one that we a, did with Adrian Paul? Yeah, yeah, uh, that Highlander was a Endgame Thailand movie. That was like a thousand. Yeah, that was like a the movie. real Endgame. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched really? the trailer for that one, and it was by far the most aggressive <laughs> turn of the millennium trailer I think I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Just take all of the grit and um, hard edges of that year 2000 new metal black leather <laughs> post matrix aesthetic it's yeah uh, well i mean the tv show was much more like that <laughs> like very guitar lick like it was it was what mid 90s late 90s uh, yeah, tv all... it was terrible you know it's terrible tv it's the same it's the same all time as that that over. Yeah, that Renegade show with Lorenzo Lamas, it yep. it's all has that same vibe. I feel like it's the same production company doing these shows. Xena yeah. Warrior Princess was done over in New Zealand. This was like the Canadian version of those shows. They were just kind of like had a universe of oily, long-haired, ponytailed men. <laughs> As we all are, you know. There's only today. one ponytail in this movie, and that's Ramirez, <laughs> and it's fantastic. <laughs> Wait, does the, Ker- does the Kurgan have a ponytail before he shaves his head? To go incognito? We'll have to watch because we don't see him in this first cut. Is that yeah, what we're Yeah, we'll have it? to wait till next time to start talking about All right, well, Kurgan. oh, we can't. We're not allowed to talk about it. We're not allowed to talk about anybody until they show up on screen. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't even know who you're talking about. I've right, only right. seen this movie once in only the first 11 minutes and 16 seconds. I right. think that's where we're going. Thank to, right? you for telling everyone that the first cut is 11 minutes and 16 seconds. Yeah, this chunk begins with sean connery doing some world building and voiceover and then Cut. we end after connor stashes his sword and runs away and then we do that we cool little white transition yeah to uh back in time it's all right great quickly, wipes in this before we, before we get to the wipes your background with this movie real quick so my first time seeing it was in the uh, weekend afternoon wasteland of network television releases. So <laughs> most of my experience with this movie is our TV edits, which include in commercials, which is just a primo way to watch movies. Oh, wow. Uh, I was at the premiere. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I saw it on uh, HBO. Uh, it was me and my friend Friars' like, favorite movie ever. Like We watched it all the time. And we spent so much time with it. We actually sat down with like a notebook and wrote out the, the script. I think we got like, you know, like halfway through the movie and gave up. But uh, uh, we just loved the movie. We always quoted lines to each other all the time. Anyway, yeah. I More saw it. Later, sure. I think I borrowed it the other wasteland of going to Blockbuster and like everything else was gone. And so <laughs> then you go to action adventure and you're like, I've never, I've been in the H's. I've never seen Highlander. That must be good, right? It's got a guy with a sword on it on the front cover. I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. So I saw most things in the 80s. I just, I, I definitely didn't see it on HBO. Then it, then it was, I remember when it was on HBO, I watched it a million times. I'm remembering uh, uh, not quite Disney clamshell case, but it definitely a like a hard plastic case for it. Mm-hmm. I, maybe it was just a video store I would get it from. Very fancy video store. Uh, but uh, yeah, back then we were watching uh, the theatrical cut, I believe, and it wasn't until years later they released a director's cut, and now uh, that's all we see. That's that's all that seems to be available. I looked all over the internet to see if it, I mean maybe there's some legal means to get the uh, theatrical cut, but really, it's the theatrical cut is what was available in the U.S. What it's we're, still we're the theatrical cut. cut. There's nothing yeah. not in it. There's nothing they cut out. They just added. Yeah. That's the actual right. cut is it. is the same is the same movie. It's just so if you're watching it, you're all we're all watching the same one. 
It is the we're not now in the second movie. We'll have to decide which one we're going to watch. But this this one <laughs> right now, everything is the same. We're all on the same level. How long is the whole movie, Rick? So the entire movie is one hour, 56 minutes. All right. So you're watching that version. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, the theatrical cut is about six minutes shorter. I've been making notes of alterations to it, but the major one is a a big scene we'll talk about later. (laughs) Yeah. And I've got I've got little notes. I went and looked up. Of course, I wanted to find the novelization of this (laughs) because it's usually horny. For some reason, I, I don't know why novelizations get horny, but they just are. So I went and looked for it. I, I found it uh, a couple different novelizations. The novelization I found, one, to buy it, it's in paperback, but it's $20. I'm not doing that. But it uh, they have a guy went through and on the pages wrote down all the differences from the book to the movie. So, oh, wow. I'm going to use that. At, uh, I will pepper <laughs> that in during our, our cut by cut. I will throw in literally just things that happen. These are literally scenes that have nothing to do with mostly the movie. Like, it's just like, like with the Kurgan, there's like other scenes with him killing other uh, uh, immortals, things like that. Just, yeah, you know, the book has a little more uh, ability to do that. So, the, so strap in for that. That'll be good. <laughs> so, so let's uh, begin. Let's start. Yeah, uh, the logos, uh, it starts off with the Studio Canal logo, which got slapped on. Uh, it was originally the 20th Century Fox logo. Yeah, not my, not my Highlander. <laughs> and then it says, "This is a canon film," mm-hmm. which uh, now you know it's in uh, uh, high regard. Yeah, Canon is one of those distributors that just has so many, just Chef's Kiss type offerings. Uh, I think they did all of the Death Wish movies. Uh, so many Chuck Norris films, uh, not only Breakin, but also Breakin 2 Electric Boogaloo is a canon film. Um, the fun thing about canon is that they got Highlander because they are the ones that bought Thorny MI mm-hmm. as a distributor when it went on sale in 1986. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is so if you're if you know those movies and you've heard people talk about canon, this is considered the year after the Golan Globus era. The two guys, the two mega producers, uh, cousins, uh, Mihem Golan and Yoram Globus. They're the guys who made like Break In, Break In 2, Electric Boogaloo, uh, American Ninja. They're the ones that originally came up with a lot of the like the crappy, like what really what made Canon famous. They did. We're now a year after that, and then we're into this new. This is considered the later years. Yeah, I believe on the the cover of American Ninja, you see uh, a, a Michael Dudikoff holding a sword. Just saying. <laughs> well, they always and they did that with the, the American Ninja movies. I loved those movies as a kid, so I haven't seen them. And I just <laughs> assume it's the same swords. I assume yeah. they repurpose the swords for Highlander. Yeah, they just reach into the prop closet, pull one out. Here we go. How many swords are there in the world? We don't know. There can't there can't be that many. So wow. uh, all that right, is so, a lot to think about, right there. It is. How many swords are there? Uh, I'm gonna guess. No one knows. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Price is right, Stell. There are a hundred thousand swords in the world. I mean swords, not knives. I mean swords. Right. Proper one sword. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not gonna go Robin's direction. I'm uh, Jonathan. What did you say? A hundred thousand. Yeah, you're gonna go up, or I'm uh, gonna bid a hundred thousand and one. Oh, god oh. damn it! <laughs> I've seen my fair share of prices right. 
All right. Are, are we talking real? So I'm talking real swords with uh, I'm not talking about fake blades. I'm not talking about anything that you would have to sharp. I'm talking about swords that are already sharp. And wow, kill OK, you. I didn't realize. OK, I'm going to go to one thousand, a hundred thousand and two now. Oh, OK. <laughs> now that you've changed the rules. If if we're counting the stuff sold by websites like Cold Steel, I'm pretty sure that number is so much higher than. Oh, all I'm of sure us would expect it's millions. Right. right. <laughs> they could they could try to take my sword from my cold he- dead hands. Right. Head, that- headless body. Right. <laughs> My glowing, Honestly. floating, headless body. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm going to die with a sword in my hands, I want to not have a head when it when I'm like found. Everybody got that? Write that down, everybody who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ways we want to die. That's a new bit. <laughs> he wants to die headless, so that people will go. Oh, but you want to have a sword in your hand, like oh, he fought a duel and lost. Right. I want to do like maybe like. 12 to 15 backflips in a parking garage, then get beheaded. <laughs> like, that's right. how you do it. Let's get yeah. to it. Get to the yeah. freaking movie. Let's talk about this parking garage. Let's talk about where they are. Let's talk about this event. Oh, yeah. but before we get to the garage, we, oh, yeah, get, we, to, yes. we get to fly. Majestic. Wait, before that, we get before that, we get the great, one of the oh, greatest yeah, intros right. ever in oh. unreadable red. Unreadable. Uh, <laughs> this red is like the black. virtual boy. This is uh, like... And you get the the Sean Connery intro, which is top. I mean, we all talk about it before. Any movie with a voiceover intro sucks. We all know this. That is a normal thing in any normal movie now. Like if you hear that, you're like, the it's always it's like a mystic sorcerer said that one would come <laughs> who would. It's always bullshit. It's <laughs> terrible. So this is one of the top. I'd say top three greatest intros ever. It one is Sean Connery. Uh-huh. Two, it, it's it, you know the other one is Judge Dredd. That's two, <laughs> and that's James L. Jones. Also, red text on I think black. I don't know what it, it's on, it, but it's unreadable. Also, I can't think of the third one right now. We might have to have our yeah our listeners good, tell. That's a good bit of tr- uh, yeah. I wish I'd looked into that. Oh well, all I can, all I can think of is uh, that clip of Brian Cox from Adaptation saying, "God help you if you use voiceover in your work, my friends. God help you." It's flaccid, <laughs> sloppy writing. Any idiot can write a voiceover narration to explain the thoughts of a character. I mean, Braveheart. Braveheart has it. Is it yep. good? Mm. It's pretty. I mean, I like it. I I liked Braveheart when it came out. I think it's important to realize as a movie watcher that there is a distinct difference between something that is good and something that is a good watch. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Highlander is a good watch. All right. Yes. I'll give you that. Is it a good yes. movie? Debatable. Well, it's you know, historically it's inaccurate. Five stars. Uh, five stars from Robin. Robin five gave stars. it five it's a masterpiece. It's, it's a good seat. A good sit. A good no, sit. Good three. sit is three stars. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll have to get we'll get into that as the show goes on. If you don't know Robin's messed up Fakakta system, we will talk about it. <laughs> no, but not that I, his I system really... is Fakakta. He just gives half stars and a five rating. Don't even don't get me started. I feel like we're gonna run into a lot of opening narration in a lot of these sword and sorcery movies, though. Oh, I yeah. feel like Conan might have one. Uh, you know, they have I, to I, because it's yeah. like a gleep glop world. All yeah. of these movies are like, we have everyone has to know what's going on right now. It's like yeah. they can't like wait. Would this movie be better without it? Let's talk about that now because we're going to be doing a lot of these movies. Is this mm-hmm. movie since we've seen it? Is this movie could it have stood on its own without it? I think yes. 
if you didn't have that, I, I would miss it. Like as a lover of this movie, I would miss it. I would be like, oh my God, there was this thing and it's gone now. But I think overall, if it never existed, I'd have been fine with it. The movie would have explained what's going on. This opening narration is like thankfully vague it doesn't completely spell out you know they're called high they're called immortals and you have to cut off the head and blah 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 no it's it's very succinct about hey there are people who live forever we're all hiding there's a thing called the gathering you got to watch out for and you know everybody else except for one person is gonna die and this is where it all kicks off and, and like we're all uh, around you and nobody's known about us until yeah. now. Like, yeah, they said that hit the action right now. Yeah. That's a weird one. They're like, no one's ever known about us until now. It's like, well, no one really knows about you. Even at the end of this movie, no one really knows about you. I mean, mm -hmm. the cops kind of know, Brand but they don't they don't know. <laughs> um, I, I honestly I think uh, I think we needed the opening narration. I think if we started this movie where you walked into the theater and you're like, oh, yeah, we got some swords and stuff and it's like in modern day or something. And then it opens up with the uh, the fabulous Freebirds walking into the ring and flexing their muscles and shaking around and be like, what am I watching? <laughs> yeah, but that that amazing. It's not a helicopter, but um, they added that sound. But the the the, the flying in shot was so yeah. good. It, it's a great introduction to a character. For sure. For sure. I don't like, I don't, in my mind, I'm not like, Oh my God, we're talking about wrestling. I don't understand this movie. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. I would give it two minutes. I, 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 you guys haven't mentioned it. So I'll just pop it out there. Uh, the opening narration was recorded in the bathroom of a Spanish villa uh, by Sean Connery. <laughs> that is why it has an echo effect. The, uh, well, Spanish actually, Egyptian more like he, he recorded it. He recorded it in the bathroom God damn it. and they played it over the phone to the producers and the producers are like, sounds good. They had no idea the quality of the recording. It's, it sounds, it sounds muffled. Like it's been, it's been tweaked aud auditorially to within an inch of its life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like from the dawn of time, we've you're like, what? speak up, speak up. Why are you not speaking up? I am speaking up. I'm in the, I'm taking a shit. <laughs> yeah. Those five uh, it's a five dot ellipses which i think is a very bold move oh um, but i'm pretty that. sure yeah. that's because the, they're immortals they have more pauses the extra two dots because typically i go with a three dot ellipses but those oh, like, extra two dots are the plops that you don't hear along the way that they had to edit out you didn't hear any of my plops i, I had recorded in here and i <laughs> muted myself <laughs> I'm sorry, Robin, your Sean Connery is skewing Impeccable? so close to Dr. Evil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, so close. <laughs> My God. One um, million gatherings. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so just want to say, uh, after the opening narration, we get a couple of uh, extra credits. D Davis Panzer Productions, the more Highlander stuff we watch, the more we're going to see those names. They are mm -hmm. the brain trust behind this franchise. Uh, the director for this movie, Russell Mulcahy, uh -huh. uh, yeah. he got his start as a music video director in the mid-70s with ACDC, and he has directed, by my count, like over 100 music videos, Tons as well as this movie, uh, Razorback in 1984, Ricochet in 1991. He did The Shadow, which is, I think is the one with Alec Baldwin. Oh. Uh, and then he also did 1996's uh, Silent Trigger, I pretty sure that's a Dolph Lundgren 
movie, but it's just huh. stuff that you look at and you're like, oh yeah, a music video director. Uh, Russell Mulcahy, <laughs> who you think might be Scottish or Irish, he's not, he's Australian. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh yeah. Uh, he also uh he he actually directed the very first uh music video on mtv the the buggles video killed the radio star hmm. so that's kind of cool that is cool uh, yeah there's nothing wrong with the direction of this movie the uh i don't know if he's the one or if it's the dp who came up with the the shots and the sweeps and the wipes and it's in 1986 this was not being done and I remember to this day, I was always like, damn, that's good. That's a good transition. When you transition from the ceiling into the bog of a Scotland, yeah. the Highlands, I'm like, you have to think ahead on that kind of stuff. And in 86, they weren't. They weren't thinking like that. Like, how do I get out of this scene in a cool way? And this whole movie has every transition is this weird fade out in some yeah. way. This movie is dripping with style. For Absolutely. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, Leonard Malton actually said, uh, Mulcahy's showy camera moves may have you reaching for the Dramamine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leonard. Oh, man. <laughs> you want to talk about Dramamine? Uh, can we talk about the some of the wrestlers? Um, uh, just the the physiques on, and 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 mains on these guys, they are just the when you think 1980s wrestler. Like these are the kind of guys that pop into your head where your chest <laughs> is as big as your torso. And I miss completely where, covered in hair. Where did this body type go? Why is this still not the normal for men's body types? I would, I was rocking that body type for a long time. <laughs> Just one big cylindrical tube with legs. It was so good. And then now I'm a big turd, but you know, but th I, I miss this body type. Like, like, uh, I think someone had had it up, uh, recently and the same thing happened with, uh, Wolverine, like Hugh Jackman in the first X-Men movie versus Hugh Jackman and Logan, how his cut, like how he's cut insanely for Logan. Yeah. Whereas in the first movie, he's just like a ages. dude. He's just yeah, a dude yeah. with furry chest. He was hydrated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, these wrestlers got to drink water. Yeah. That's why they're not cut insanely. Now your eye is drawn definitely to one of the apparently Confederate uh, uh, wrestlers. <laughs> Uh, who unzips his little uh thing uh slowly and it and Mulcahy cuts to what looks like a 12 year old sticking out her tongue, yeah, <laughs> which is just kind of like, What are we going for here? Well, there are a but, lot of people in these shots that, that they knew this camera was here because at one point in that pan shot, a dude stands up and turns and waves uh, <laughs> at the camera. Obviously, they shot that because I mean, this is on. Uh, for those that don't know, it's not a drone, it's on wires like they use at NFL football games. Yeah, those four wires that come down and allow it to kind of move back and forth. This is the first time the they'd ever been able to do this. This was the steady cam guy, yeah. Uh, Garrett Brown, this is called the mm -hmm. sky cam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the sky cam. I'm sure that at this point, no one had ever seen this at a an event. Like, mm -hmm. can you imagine being at a wrestling thing in 86? One, I used to go to wrestling in 1986. Wrestling was awesome. But <laughs> back then, yes. But seeing this thing like whirring around, I'm sure it made a lot of noise. I'm sure it was not the quietest thing soaring over your head. But yeah, it's just. Mm -hmm. And also the camera was probably this big. Wire shaking. And As opposed to like now, that. it's like a camera like that. Big. Yeah. 
So it's going to be a drone just zooming over the whole place. Yeah. It's they added helicopter sounds. Why? <laughs> just because that, that that I read about that too. I think it was just to be like, oh, look, we're flying. You know, like you don't see this in movies very often. And they just kind of off. Is it going to be like that train station video for a uh, uh, film from like the 1800s where the people freaked out because the, <laughs> the train was like, there's someone flying. Oh my God. It's, it's witchcraft. You know, well, like, they wanted to have people reaching for the Dramamine, apparently. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that wrestler that I mentioned, I wanted to mention his name. His name is Michael P.S. Hayes. Do you know what P.S. stands for? Uh, postscript? <laughs> no. Purely sexy. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to argue with him. He's bigger than me. He could hurt me. <laughs> yeah. No, not now. He's probably infirmed or dead. Don't worry. <laughs> Also, I found a pretty bad. Looking up wrestling and Highlander, I found a pretty badass shot of Roddy Piper in an episode of Highlander that I'm like, oh, I, I think I need to see. He's like in leather, his hair slicked back, and he's holding a sword. I'm like, oh, what? that makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm here to slash some necks and chew bubble gum. I'm all out of bubble gum. Yeah, so uh, the, yeah, and then they zoom. We zoom in, and then there is a. Unfortunately, they couldn't. I was at, I couldn't remember when we. Were, I was watching this uh, cut. I was like, do they actually zoom in on him? Because that would be amazing. They don't. There's a little. There's a little wipe, and then yeah. and then he's there. He's there. He's there. If you like, watch it frame by frame. He's there, and he literally is spiking the camera. He's watching the camera come yeah. closer and closer. I don't want to be hit in the face. Yeah. I'm I'm nearsighted already. Please don't hit me in the face with a giant three hundred pound camera on a wire. Yes, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because I want it to get out early in the podcast that Christopher Lambert has profound myopia and cannot see without his glasses and he can't wear <laughs> contacts. So anytime you see Christopher Lambert without glasses on, he is effectively blind. Yes. It's crazy to think about. Uh, maybe we'll have to watch uh, closely for like, you know, I really wasn't watching uh, this time, but you know, some of the sword fighting, they probably have to cut to close oh, yeah. up some swords. He got hit in the hands. There's stories about him getting hit in the hands all the time because the other person's, I mean, they practice it. And he's a good, you know, they're good at mimicking stuff, but yeah, he's going to, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not real swords, but so they don't count toward the hundred thousand and two swords, yeah, but, yeah, that's true. you know, are, but, yeah. the, but, the, you know, that he got hurt all the time, got hit in the face, got hit in the body. Yeah. And uh, it's, wh- why would you hire him? Let's see. Doesn't speak English. Can't see. Great. Let's. He was in Tarzan. Let's have him. It's fine. Yeah. Apparently that was it. They saw him in tra- Tarzan, where he had like a handful. I've never seen Grace Stoke, The Legend of Tarzan. Ooh, but I guess he just that had movie a handful is of uh, brutal. Lines. That was it. Oh yeah. I saw it when I was a kid because they had the word Tarzan in it. I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, on. it's it's about what happens if a kid is raised by gorillas and then goes home. You should watch if you've never watched it. It's fascinating. Uh, Annie McDowell's in it, and she's been uh, dubbed over with Meryl Streep because her corn pone accent oh like God. comes out too much. She's she's very <laughs> southern. And if you go watch it, you're like, that's not her voice, but I know that voice. It's Meryl Streep. Very weird. Very weird movie. Huh. You should watch it. It's got probably the best ape costumes at the time. Uh, because it's humans in ape costumes, you know, being these apes, yeah, his family, they're handling an actual infant, yeah, it's it's great. It's a uh, it has great parts, it's boring as shit. 
it's that normal 80s movie of we don't know how to we don't know how to move the plot along so we're going to move along at a glacial pace and it's over two hours and you know how that is any swords in it uh nope i mean no because you know watch it they're guns they're guns (laughs) i mean also you're never so you've changed your whole lifestyle you're never watching another movie that doesn't have a sword if it was gray sword the legend of tarzan maybe So sorry, Jonathan was muting while he was laughing. So, uh, I wasn't laughing. I was coughing because I'm dying. <laughs> You're holding your chest. I <laughs> Oh, I was doing the uh, Chris Evans laugh. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I just have a cold. And that's why I'm drinking uh, beer. So as we're flying over this arena, um, I've only been to Madison Square Garden once. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Same. it in the Godzilla movie, so I have a good sense between the Godzilla movie and my personal time there, what the space looks like. Uh, Robin, ha- as another person who's been there once, did you recognize the arena <laughs> as it was flying through? No, but this is really funny because it ties into Greystoke. I did go there to see the gorillas. <laughs> is that a group of what sport is the gorillas they they sang a song called clint eastwood oh are and... they a band i don't i don't know no, music gorillas. sorry everybody other than this music and th- this music and this uh movie is my jam <laughs> other than that i don't know anything about <laughs> music. <else>. yeah <laughs> so jonathan have sorry. you ever been to madison square garden you know what i was thinking about it i've been in new york a ton I don't think I've ever been in a Madison Square Garden because I can't think of any. I can't. No, I don't think so. You're well, strictly out of no MSG diet, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you still haven't because this is not Madison Square Garden. This is the Meadowlands Arena. Well, in then East Rutherford, New Jersey. Well, uh, this you, you New Englanders with your. Were you trying to trick me? Make me look <laughs> stupid. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you got uh, me. Uh, <laughs> so. But yeah, uh, do do you know why they they were in the Meadowlands? Because they, this movie is cheap as shit. That was going to be my guess. They were originally uh, they were originally in the in the script that it was going to be a hockey mass a hockey right. match. Right, they're watching. They even have a uh, they even cut to a guy wearing a hockey mask in the crowd. Mm-hmm. But the NHL would not sign off on like basically you're equating the violence of what's happening on the ice to the violence that's happening in the Scottish Highlands, and NHL was not cool with that. So I mean, oh, over under, are there more hockey sticks in the world than swords? <laughs> Does Canada count? Hey, of course, the world, the world barring Canada. Does it, no, the world, the world. <laughs> Whereas, because in my mind, you might own one sword, maybe. Whereas hockey players own multiple sticks. Right. But you're mm-hmm. probably also not going to see too many hockey sticks in warmer climates, but you might actually see swords. So I think that might be a, are there more wheels or are there more doors situations, you know? Doors, wheels, swords, hockey sticks. Do ice skates count as blades? Uh, if you yeah, can they're just swords you on your feet. Yeah, if, no, those are knives. We've talked about. Oh this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, need have, we need to have. We need to oh. have a. We need to have a. What is the shortest will allow <laughs> as a sword? That katana is pretty short, oh. as as blades go, Man. compared to like the rapiers and the other. Like, there's some bl- much larger swords. The Kurgan sword is 19 feet long. Yeah. But like, are there other like do we we as a group need to decide what the minimum size of a sword is? 
I'm honestly confused because swords and knives are known as blades and ice skates. That's fine. So, all right. So they all fall under the blade genus. Sure. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let us know in the comment section. (laughs) All right. So, you know, here I, I looked it up and there is, of course, it exists. Anything longer than what is called a cubit, which is your finger, top tip of your finger to the edge of your elbow. Anything longer than that is a sword. Okay. Is defined as a sword. Okay. Okay. I'm sure you could have a really big knife, but. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's a knife. Oh. Yeah. Now that's not a knife. That's Uh, a knife. Oh. There's another Australian movie for you to, Rick. You got to do. Oh, yeah. Two. (laughs) <laughs> yes this this podcast is about finding other projects for the people that are on it <laughs> so uh yeah so they we show we see him um and then he's just sitting there just kind of being creepy oh with the most there. annoying person next to him who like oh my god him and it's like hey man you watching this this is awesome again i'm watching it asshole. you gotta love it <laughs> Did you catch the guy's name in the actor credits on IMDb? He is simply referred to as the boisterous drunk. Mm. <laughs> hey, that was my nickname. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait until you, uh, if, you, hey, if you see me in Indianapolis in uh, October, that'll be me. Now, we know Connor McLeod is immortal. Uh, immortal. How, is that like, immo- immor- it's like immoral, <laughs> but immortal? He's immortal, but sad. Immortal. Oh, oh he's immortal. <laughs> well, he is, I live really forever, is. but I don't have any friends. Oh, man. That's our first t-shirt idea. Just a immortal. Just a across. Immortal. It means you're just like, you're a Highlander, but you're, you're sad. Um, but he, he's lived for quite a long time. How long do you think, how old do you think Christopher Lambert is uh, at this point? In in real life, not in real life at the point of when he's uh, filming this. Yeah. Well, this is the eighties when everybody in their thirties looked like <laughs> they were in their fifties. So I'm going to say thirty two. How am I close? What do you think, Rick? Honestly, I was going to shoot for mid thirties. Okay. Well, mid thirties is probably past Jonathan's guess. It, he's twenty eight. Oh, really? Yeah. He looks terrible wow. I, I thought he was i thought he looked old i thought he was older but it's, yeah 28 you know, years old what it's that french living he's 20 you know? years older than me now <laughs> wine at 10 a.m nothing but baguettes and carbohydrates so cigarettes <laughs> my god next you're gonna tell me the guy he fights in the thing is like 18 <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, that's that's shocking i'm i'm shocked mm-hmm that's eight. The eighties were rough, man. <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. It is. I don't know if he was doing cocaine. I just think, oh, it's, oof. everybody in this movie looks like they're in their forties. Um, we did skip. I mean, we did talk about the credits, but we did not. I mean, we, we hinted at it a few times. We've hmm. probably played it a couple times at this point on the podcast. I have no idea. Uh, but, uh, the credits, uh, have, queen playing over that <laughs> we uh, haven't talked about it at all at all I, yeah. you know why because only hacks talk about queen we are talking about the stuff that really matters the cuts the cuts by cuts no that's fine i i, I love <laughs> i love queen it's 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 the 80s the albums by queen is like dune like toto it's like in the 80s 
if it's a shitty movie, Queen probably did the soundtrack for it. Uh, <laughs> a shitty movie well, that we on. love. A shitty movie oh. we love. Yeah, they've already done Flash Gordon. That was in 1980. Awesome. Uh, they are originally uh, supposed to just write one song. Russell, Russell Mulcahy actually mm. came to them and asked them to write the theme song for Highlander. And, uh, and it was while they were recording the album, A Kind of Magic, uh, which actually wasn't called that yet because uh, they got the song title, A Kind of Magic from the movie. Um, so really there is no Highlander soundtrack. It, this is uh, many of the tracks, most of the tracks in this movie are from their A Kind of Magic uh, album, which is and they're amazing. unofficially Highlander. Because they're, they're rock songs. At least they grew between Flash Gordon and this. Flash Gordon, it's more of a cinematic, you know, like score. There are a couple of songs in there, but these yeah. are these are songs. These are like, I'm gonna put this on the radio and it's badass. I yeah. I, I did read uh they read they wrote uh what's his face? Uh the guitarist for Queen. Help me. Brian May. Brian May wrote this uh how, Who Wants to Live Forever in the back of a cab in like 15 minutes. I mean uh genius. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that song, it, I remember the first, because I think this might have been, other than Flash Gordon, the first time I was, I wasn't listening to a ton of music as a kid that I heard that song was in this movie. And we'll get to it. We'll get to that cut. But that song killed me, killed her too. But it killed me that she, <laughs> that Heather, Heather, it <laughs> killed me that that is the song they play during her getting older. It's just mm. heart wrenching. <laughs> Well, we're not at that point. We're at the great uh, another great song, Princess of the Universe, which is just the universe. one the of the way, best starts of a song ever. Uh, amazing. Yeah, Born to be Kings were the princes of the universe. Interesting that they call it Princes of the Universe. Right. Since this is a, this is an earthbound tale, right? This is right. <laughs> Well, the universe is we're in the universe. It's okay. Well, it's it's just well, how about Canada? to know that <laughs> no. the film version of Masters of the Universe would not come out until 1987. Mm. So, mm. this is not a He-Man thing. Oh man! <laughs> because it, really, oh, right. princes of the universe just change princes to master or masters, yeah. and boom, you could put it would, on the He-Man. Would movie. that have been a better? Would He-Man also has swords have been a better movie if it had a Queen soundtrack? Oh, there it would have been better if there were so many changes made. <laughs> well, well, let's, well, we'll let's discuss it. <laughs> we'll we'll get there because we're definitely going to do He-Man. <laughs> man is now added to the list everybody i have the power to add it to the list yeah <laughs> excellent thank you no orco uh, come on come on but I'll seriously every time i hear that. princes of the universe it my mind tries to change it to masters because it just feels oh, like really? it fits better um yeah and also but, like i wonder like writing since they did the flash gordon soundtrack i almost think like princes of the universe sounds like a F flash gordon kind of song too mm -hmm. but man just i am immortal avenger style team up that yeah. we were denied flash gordon <laughs> connor mcleod i would watch that movie oh yeah yeah that would be something oh, can we know, still can we still do this I mean, they're all still alive, right? Except for Queen. Well, I mean, yeah. I hey. mean, Brian May is alive. I mean, we can, with the yeah, living members of Queen. <laughs> if if he will sign off on Bohemian Rhapsody, he'll sign off on 
a uh, team up movie. I mean, Dolph Lundgren, actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Dolph Lundgren in a Highlander movie would be pretty badass. That's basically, isn't that what he's basically playing in that Johnny Mnemonic movie? I feel like that's kind of his character. He's like this, <laughs> he's the Kurgan in that movie. I don't even remember it. You don't remember Johnny Mnemonic? He's in that. He's a, he's like a priest. It's like a yeah. techno priest. who kills people. I don't know. Are there swords in it? <laughs> no, we're not watching it. <laughs> Um, the video for Princess of the Universe is awesome because it has Connor McCloud fighting with Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they smacked each other with swords a couple times by mistake, you know. Uh he, he's in his full like Connor McCloud outfit, the the gray trench coat, the white sneakers. Okay. I've been waiting so long to bring this up. Connor McCloud's outfit. Who does he look like? <laughs> McGruff the crime dog. He is dressed. <laughs> he is dressed like McGruff the crime dog. Go look oh him up God. if you don't know who he is. It is yeah. a dog wearing a trench coat. And every time I see it, it's not like he's wearing a suit underneath it. He's he just he's wearing a tr- he's always it's always tied, but it's not buttoned. Like when he's down, especially when he goes down into the uh, uh, the parking garage, it's very evident. I'm like, what a weird outfit. That's weird. Yeah. He's wearing like gloves. Uh- when I was younger, I was like, what a badass. Like, I would wear the hell out of that outfit Just, all the time. It's such a dad outfit. Like, white sneakers. <laughs> white sneakers. The bluest of blue jeans. Oh, the darkest of blue jeans, yes. <laughs> yes. One, a white button-up shirt. Like. Oh, when, this is a good. This is, this, oh, I'm sorry, Rick, go. When Ramirez shows up. Yes. We'll have to talk about this outfit again in terms of how Highlanders or not how immortals are supposed to dress. That's what that was going to be my question. Uh, let's I'm going to ask now only having seen one immortal. How would you dress? What would be your thing? How uh, the Kurgan has his own thing. Ramirez is a Spanish peacock. How would you dress to be on Highlander? Uh, in the eighties, it would have to be almost like a Don Johnson kind of, uh, Ooh, you, so you'd be that, you'd be that immortal. Yeah. I'd be like, give me some, like, like a neon pink jacket or a neon yellow, mm. something like that, you know, t-shirt underneath, maybe a little gold chain. <laughs> I'd be wearing, I definitely would be wearing jams, <laughs> both the pants and the shirt. Remember the, the scrubs style shirt oh. and the jams that were like clam diggers and they were like three quarter length they're capris basically but they're called <laughs> clam diggers and they were had awful patterns on them a kanye I, song no okay. this is way before kanye was born and uh <laughs> there was uh and also vans and i'd be wearing vans with no socks which sm- i had a pair of vans those things smell so bad if you have bad if you have bad feet it's the grossest <laughs> thing ever anyway that's that would be my i would be like i would look like if uh, McDonald's or Burger King was trying to do a hip ad about not doing drugs, I would look like one of those kids in that ad. That would be my Highlander look. Man. See, these are those are all looks that like would pass normally. If I if I was a Highlander situation, I'd probably end up looking like the Kurgan dressed like one of those 1980 bikers because the closest thing you get to, you know, slash and stab resistance is like a good quality leather jacket. Okay, hold on. You know you're going to be fighting. Uh, Do you think he's wearing these clothes for stab and slash resistance? Well, okay. I am under the impression that Connor McCloud went to this particular wrestling thing because he had a he had a feeling the the quickening, the the Mm. gathering was pulling at him to be here tonight. So he woke up that morning and said, "I am probably going to get into a fight with someone." 
what do I want? Okay, white sneakers, tan trench coat. It's his. It's his. It's his Connor Tingle. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the 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 trench coat makes sense though. You have to hide your sword. Yeah, always. I have a tiny sword. It is a sword because it goes past my fingers and my elbow. I checked this morning because I was worried it was not a sword. I mean, flashers have the same credo. Yes. Uh, I need to make sure that my giant schwanz is not, you know, hanging out. Mine's technically a blade. (laughs) Yeah, you know that there were people on the subway. You know that there were people on the subway that saw him and were like, oh, no, he's going to open that coat and I'm going to see something I don't want to (laughs) see. His long lander. <laughs> but he, he well, he never takes off. He only takes off that trench coat when he goes back to his lair, when he, the Highlander cave. Oh, God, it's so great. But yeah, where are we in the movie? We, we, have we talked enough about the wrestling? Uh, because uh, I do have to mention, uh, you know, we're into like heavy, heavy metal. We're into the, the, the queen princess of the universe. And it gets kind of like rocking while we do the wrestling. But as we zoom in on Connor, that is the first time we start to hear that. And that's our score by Michael Kamen. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, uh, great composer of so many things. Uh, Die Hard, the Le- Die Hard series, the Lethal Weapon series. Uh, Robin Hood, uh, Three Musketeers. Uh, he uh, oh X Men. Is Wolverine's claw claws a, a blade? Oh, it's not. It's not longer than a cubit. Oh, that's true. It does obviously they house inside back. of him? Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, they don't go up his arm. Depends on who's drawing it. I've seen his. I've seen his blades longer than like your arms, and you're like, well, that seems inappropriate. <laughs> I definitely want to mention Michael Kamen's most famous score, Hudson Hawk. Uh, One of my favorite movies. There is not. <laughs> wait, there are swords in that movie. The butler has swords on his hands. We may have to do that's an Just so you know. Wait. One of my favorite movies. How long are, are are those swords? Or are they? God damn it! I don't know. They come out. Uh, they fling out. Um, they may be just be hold knives. his arm strength. Uh, they may just be. They may just be. They may just be knives. Damn it! All right. <laughs> anyway. The old, the boisterous drunk screams, where are you going? As uh, Kiner uh, gets up and walks from New Jersey into Rick. <laughs> he walks into a car park in London at Earl's Court. <laughs> Not even a car park. It's a, it's a um, fruit stand. It's a indoor, no, their car parks in London well. don't, aren't that, uh, aren't high enough. Mm-hmm. They needed something a little higher. This is like a this is like a market. They just they they made it. I mean, it had it. It's a, basically a giant cement structure. They put a bunch of cars in it, but those are all yeah, those are all British cars basically. Yeah, the ceiling in that place is way higher than any parking garage I've ever seen. Right, it's because it's not one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like basically they cleared out a Walmart and filled yeah. it with cars. But if you if your ceiling is higher than from your tips of your fingers to your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> then it's not a car park. Oh, that, yeah. Wow. This is, I'm learning so much tonight. Uh, I will definitively say there are less car parks than swords in the world. Easily. Easily. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I heard it here first on this podcast. What are the sword, what's the sword to car ratio though? Like, like how many cars are, and really, honestly, think about the environmental impact that swords versus cars do. I mean, swords yeah. have no environmental impact 
<laughs> the nice thing about swords is they actually cut down on carbon emissions because mm-hmm. they eliminate down. things that create carbon. Oh emissions. yeah, that's true. <laughs> they remove drivers from the road in theory. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had to create this parking garage, and apparently they had to bring in a special graffiti artist because the Brits didn't know how to do Amer- American graffiti. Quite it, it, literally, there's just too there's just too nice. It's it's mostly like live the life you want to, and uh, you're beautiful, baby. And you're like, well, this is, a, <laughs> this is the most lovely graffiti. They needed someone just to write, you know. Fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. How hard is that, guys? Just put something think- horrible up on the on the wall. With that fact in mind, I was watching the scene and I was looking for the graffiti. There isn't much. No. And what's there? I saw one that said like Enola Gay, which is, is that the bomber that dropped the? Is that That's the bomber? The bomber yeah, that dropped yeah, well, yeah. It's the plane. nuclear bombs on Japan. Yeah. yeah. And another one just says Tommy. <laughs> There's no like, you know, F you or like a huge, beautiful tag or anything like that. Like what you would normally find at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, as you see, Connor puts on some, his, uh, his, his gloves as yes. he's, uh, his McGruff crime gloves. These are my <laughs> gloves for solving crime. And then, and then and the coolest interest ever Fazil enters stage left. He just kind of uh, just slides right in. I, you know, that he wet that floor down so he could do this. He's like, he's like, I'm going to come in cool. It's like, listen. I know, don't record the audio. I want you to play the first couple of, you know, piano stabs of old time rock and roll so I can slide right in. Does he? (laughs) Do we know? um, Tom Cruise heard that story and he was like, wait a second. (laughs) Do we know what Fazil's backstory is? I don't have that. uh, Oh. That uh, I'm sure it was filled in on some novelization or even that more detailed. uh, But you have the novelization. No, I Do have you know the difference. Uh, okay. Uh Iman Fazil's sword fight. His first name's Iman. Iman Fazil's David sword Bowie's f- wife. Yes. Iman Fazil's sword fighting technique was learned from the uh Saracens during the Crusades. Okay. So that is his sword fighting technique. Ah, uh, Sean Connery knows all about the Crusades. Yes. <laughs> so There's there is impeccable. a Highlander wiki, like you know, every good thing has a wiki. Yes. Um, so Iman Fasil, he, he had several aliases. Uh, Gautier de Savoy, Fasil bin Said, Gianmarco Salieri, Aman Abbasi, Samuel Friend. He was Salieri? He was born in 1145, and his first uh. death was in 1187. I wonder what... What's the math on that? Said. So how old was he when he died, his first death? Well, he was like 42. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. When it's I first 42, no, I'm just kidding. When I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, I guess you age until you have your first death." Are there immortals that are like really decrepitly old that die of old age and are like, "Oh goddamn, I came back, but I'm this forever." <laughs> like I don't, you know, the everyone seems to change at their age. They need to be at their age. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fazil looks he... a lot older than. I mean, he's now we know he's almost twice as old. I know exactly. Like so, yeah. So yeah, you you oh. become immortal by after the first death. 
Yeah, it's called The First Death is, I looked this up, this Highlander TV show kind of broadened this. First Death is what it's called. Because there are, there is a, because there is, there on the Highlander show, there are children who are Highland, or who are immortals. Because they died early. They are, (laughs) no, you don't don't think you do. So Uh, Peter, Peter Diamond was 57 at the time of filming Highlander. He looks 57. Peter Diamond. Uh, Great, interesting great thing about Peter Diamond, he appeared as the Tuscan Raider who attacked Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. What? Yeah. yeah. I thought he looked familiar. <laughs> he's also the biker scout that gets knocked off his speeder in, in Jedi. He's yeah. he's in all he's in all the Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Superman. Well, because uh, they were his... all like they all hung out around those uh, the 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 English. What's the name of the damn place where they do the studio? Pinewood. Pinewood, yeah, it's just like yeah, they probably had regulars. They would like these are British soldiers who we know are British people that we know that could just do these things at any time. There's a working actor. Good for him. He was a stunt coordinator for this film. Uh, uh great job, dude. Because the stunt coordinator. Uh, I don't know. I I just I don't know. Okay, I look that deep. <laughs> but is he, is he, he at least is a stunt coordinator for this? He doesn't see emo yeah. e- immortal. He's see, he's dressed like my dad would dress to go to business. He's he's ready to yeah. do to business. He's ready to do sword business. Yes. He wears his sunglasses at night. Also wearing gloves. Right. I guess after an intolerable amount of time, your hands just get tired of the, the you, know, you know when you hit the sword, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. So or is it like uh like you know, like batters wear gloves, right? Golfers mm-hmm. wear gloves. Mm-hmm. So, a glove, usually. Or a glove. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Glove. Right. <laughs> Michael Jackson, no immortal. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, maybe he just had his first death. Maybe that, maybe he's out there somewhere. Yeah. Right. RSV, RSVP, Michael Jackson. Uh, so, yeah. Fazil's only line is McLeod. And this way, okay. So again, I, I mentioned earlier that I'd be calling back to uh, the times when I uh, would watch this film with my, my, my best friend, Friar. Uh, we, uh, we would constantly have bits around this. And there's this thing where like Fazil enters and he goes McLeod and then McLeod turns on him and he goes Fazil. And then he goes, wait. <laughs> and Fazil is is holding his own trench coat in his hands, and he then throws the trench coat, I think, at McLeod. But I don't know, for some reason, as kids, we always used to like say he like throws his pants at McLeod and was like funnier <laughs> that way. That is funnier. Fazil, wait, throws pants. That's what we wrote down in our Wait, script. oh, so he looks at him and goes, Fazil. Looks down and goes, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. You uh no pants? <laughs> Uh, shall we talk about the highlights of this fight or is there the highlights? Of, yeah. Let's talk about the highlights of them. I mean, what? Oh, Rick says, I want to point out that, um, the first immortal that we see Connor fight in this movie, of course, his name is Facile, uh, Christopher Lambert famed Frenchman. Uh, the word Facile in French translated to English is easy. So they obviously wanted to start Connor off on an easy fight for the first time around either that <laughs> or, Connor is talking to Facile saying easy <laughs> because I can't see. Yeah. I am blind. Please do not hit me. Yeah. I wish uh, he'd said it, McGruff when he said of McLeod. 
McGruff. What McGruff? Wait, where'd you say uh, Fazil was his first death? Like, what is his background? What is he? What is he originally? So, his origin is unknown. His teacher was uh, Salim Ubada. Just making up things. Okay. Who was an Arab immortal? Okay. Speculated to be born prior to Muhammad. Uh, Oh, so the guy who taught Fasil was among the early followers of Islam. Cool. Okay. All right. That's different than uh, the decidedly Christian origin of Connor here. Um, Right. But it it always bothers me when people are... who are unknowledgeable about Highlander and the mythology around it would constantly call like immortals Highlanders. They're not. There's there's one. Uh, I guess there's two if you count the TV series, but uh, you know the rest of them they're, they're from all over the world. Lots Even of different Canada. places. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, here we go. Uh, Fasil's origins are unknown, but it has been suggested that Fasil was born in Europe and converted to Islam at some point in his life, perhaps during the Crusades, Jonathan, like you mentioned earlier. So he probably looks like a white guy because he started out life as a white guy, said, yay, Crusades, and then got murked. And then he's like, oh, I'm a mortal. That kind of messes with my theology. Guess I'm going to convert and live forever. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Other than being on holy ground, they don't seem that religious. I know that um, later on in the movie, we're going to have a few mentions of faith. Mm. But um, that's a whole other thing. All right. So this fight, uh, uh, Fazil, known for flips. Oh, my God. Yes. I don't know why they don't seem to be strategically advantageous because every time he's flipping, he's not holding a sword and he doesn't flip one time. He flips a thousand times. Yeah. He's like Prue and blade runner blade runner. Wait a second. Mm. There's no, there's no blades. It's not sword runner. Darn it. They're like ice skates. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I did mention, I wanted to talk about the differences between theatrical and directors Uh, in the theatrical cut. They took out, the the flipping they they thought oh this is stupid <laughs> it is <laughs> stupid <laughs> they were right I like it I I like it because it's kind of like what is going on with this guy it's and dumb just it's dumb just and it makes me makes of, me laugh the whole time I mean really the choreography of this fight is you have no idea where one person is half the time you know like they just sneak up behind each other left or right uh, they're you know flipping around they're hiding under things or hiding behind things. Uh, you really don't get a sense of where people are until the other person sneaks up behind them. <laughs> Connor McLeod is wearing the best shoes for immortal fighting. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a pair of white tennis shoes. They're quiet. Want... They don't make clickety clacks. Yeah. Fazil's I... definitely wearing like, you know, loafers or some sort of like, you know, wingtip. Uh, something that's not going to give him excellent traction. No, that's why I don't wouldn't do flips. I feel like he would. Sl- oh, I hope I hope he not only did he take his pants off, he also <laughs> took his shoes off. So he's wearing no shoes, no pants, in socks in that wet ass garage, and it's just, just like wait up, Winnie the Poohing it. Wait, I can't. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh oh, no underwear. Awesome. That's the way you win. Yeah. Fazil, wait. <laughs> uh, 
I was just thinking about the whole, maybe this is the reason why Connor McLeod is wearing uh, sneakers throughout this movie is because when the blades strike each other, it sets off sparks and they did this because they ran wires up their sleeves connected to car batteries. <laughs> and if, and if you notice the sparks stop happening once it gets wet in that garage. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think they only did it for a couple because some of the scenes you wouldn't be able to show like the fight because there'd be wires. But yeah, some of it's animation too. There, there's a little bit of drawing, uh, especially in this movie. At the end, a lot. Uh, Every time the the quickening happens, it seems to be more and more. That you know, this is drawing, drawing like swords. You know, (laughs) ooh, draw your sword. Hey, everybody, draw your sword. Uh, what else? Oh, another great shot. The uh, Fasil loses his shades on the ground and you see him running away in the shades. A nice close up of that. That feels like away. It almost feels like this would have been a graphic novel and they are trying to reenact some of the, the, the panels from the, from the, from the graphic novel. That would be in a graphic novel. It would show sunglasses with someone running away. And then it's a great shot. Again, you can see that in the music video too. I mean, well, this well, the music videos back then was just like I don't know, put them in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put some weird lights on them, and we'll just five, six, seven, eight, and it's like no, <laughs> they don't care. Man, I am actually a little bothered by how Facile chooses to like attack and retreat. It almost seems like he's just a sneak. You know, it would strike me as, you know. It would strike me when I see someone holding a, what is it? It's a Toledo Salamanca broadsword for $3 million. Like I want someone like that to be a sort of like Poppin J Montoya type. Yeah. Kind of like, like oh, I'm out here. Yeah. Like, yeah, more like, of a, someone there's very, who is, there's very little of that. They, they, they talk about like all being from different places and all having different people teach them, but they all fight the same way. Yeah, they all the, like he never fights with a katana like he's fighting with a katana. He just fights like he has a broadsword fighting a broadsword. It's the whole movie. The only person that Kurgan is has a thousand pound, you know, sword and he's like whipping it around. But very little of it is. Yeah, I wanted more stab, more stabbing. But of course, the stabbing mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. But I would think uh, death by a thousand cuts. You could, you know, it, it still hurts them. We will find out later cuts. It does hurt to be stabbed if you're an immortal. It's not like they don't feel pain. They feel pain. Yeah. They just wake up. Yeah. Uh, it says here in the trivia on the Highlander wiki for Iman, um, in the first draft script, Facile was supposed to have a claymore, and I think it would be really cool to utilize the space in a parking garage. Oh, the sword claymore. claymore. Not, I thought you meant no, a No, not the explosive. Like, I was like, oh, well, that seems like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but like really explore the space, have this guy come in with, you know, I think claymores are like seven or eight feet long and just have him like swinging wildly. And then we get to see Connor like duck in and yeah. getting close and stuff like that. A remake would do that. A remake would yeah. every person would have a fighting style. Mm-hmm. Like some of them would be doing the, you know, the Obi-Wan over the head kind of move yeah. where they have the hand out, you know, because the they, two fingers. Yes. They can't all fight the exact same way. But the limits of the budget, of course, they were all sent to the same person. Elegant weapon. Right. But I do think to say something positive about this fight, I think it's fun 
the way that they run across the cars and set off the yeah. sprinklers mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, I mean, I, I still love the scene, even though it's ridiculous. And Fazil has his junk out while he's, <laughs> while he's doing backflips. <laughs> I, I, in my mind, when they, when they, when the fight finally ends and he gets rid of his sword and he puts the sword up to his neck, in my mind, he says there can be only one, but he doesn't. Oh, it would be uh, so cool if he did. Though. He doesn't say that. I guess they don't say that uh, when they're by themselves. It seems like. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So basically, and, and Fazil doesn't say anything like, I guess it's just, is this honor bound? But like, well, you did it. So, because again, in later cuts, when you lose your sword and it's like time to die, everyone seems to kind of like, just be like, I will now stand here and you may finish the process. Like I've done my best and I lost. There seems to be an honor among immortals. Even the Kurgan, there seems to be an honor among them for dying. They're like, well, you did it. You when best, you've lived right. hundreds of years, or I imagine there is fatigue. Yeah, just let it go. Yeah. Just oh, thank God. Listen, so I don't like, have. I finally can escape from this, and I don't have to f- keep finding you know dead orphans to assume their identity. <laughs> As you do. As you uh, do. I was really worried when Fasil cut the lights in that garage because I was like, oh no, how will Cotter be able to see? <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry, I wasn't seeing anyway. <laughs> I oh uh when I looked up the whole backflip situation, well he does a backflip off a car, but those what we were calling backflips uh down like along the string of pavement. I I'm I'm lost word. The what they're actually technically called are flick flacks. <laughs> Flick flax? I, like, I thought they were back handsprings. <laughs> yeah, flick flax means back handsprings, but they're but because I saw it like noted as a flick flack, uh, you know, in a couple different. I was like, what? Did somebody just make that word up? I mean, All I gotta so say funny. though about those flick flax, they are pretty sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so he flick flacked his way to his death. Fazil has gone. Yep. And well, we see our we see our first uh, quickening. Uh, right. Right. Which which I, is I, confusing because they use the quickening in later cuts. Like you can summon it when you want to and use that energy. But this is like the transference of, in my mind, it's the transference of every, I think it's also in the, the way they explain on Highlander, the show. You are receiving the immortal soul of Fazil and every person he's killed. So right. you now get that juice. What does that mean? Are you stronger? Is it like the one, the Jet Li movie one, where he's killing people from alternate realities to become the strongest, only the only one of his uh, of himself and for multiple real? Like, do we think he's getting better because he's still like you know, like he and the Kurgan both have killed probably the most. Actually, I don't know if they've killed the most. It seems like Connor doesn't really try and kill him. Yeah. Half the Kurgan definitely killed the most. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely will go with you get their experience. Okay. You know, the the training, the the lessons that they've learned over their lifetime, you get to incorporate that into you. There's got to be some sort of power involved there. I don't know if it's necessarily a Jet Li the one situation. So you don't think where... they're getting stronger. They're just getting knowledge. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, it's great to, to learn because knowledge everything. is power. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle. That's true. I, I believe after you've become the only one, you have all the knowledge of 
everything well yeah that that's a cop out you have everything you have the people that aren't immortal you have the knowledge of every person that lives on the planet it's like yeah. uh, okay whatever um i have a question all right How, we're in the are we in the question section of the of the the end of the episode uh yeah we're in the feedback uh my right, first feedback is from a robin okay robin says mm-hmm. uh how do you think it feels to receive uh, the quickening? Or is it, uh, sorry, is it the it's, it's it's the quickening, right? This is the quickening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the is the quickening the feeling that hey, there's a, another uh, immortal nearby, or is this because this is not the prize? You know, no. capital T to capital P. Uh, the prize is what you win if you're. It's the last vague one. what the quickening is. The Wikipedia for Highlander says that it's the transference. Mm. okay of energy and it feels like and it feels like an orgasm that's what the tv show says so that's not the the face that he's making but okay the the movie makes it seem like it's an orgasm i noted that connor starts moaning (laughs) then you see then you cut to mulcahy cuts to an oil pan leaking a Mm -hmm. fire hose filling with water and exploding (laughs) okay now you say that uh, that shot's amazing where the electricity follows the hubcap, the hubcap pops off. That's some, yeah. that's some good hand-drawn electricity stuff. And then our boy is raised up on his toes. Now, mm-hmm. if you ever had a real toe curler before, let mm-hmm. me tell you. You know, I've had one. That now, I, now I remember I have been to Medicine Square Garden, and that's exactly what I had in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, oh, me too? I, wait, was that you? I was wearing a trench coat. Were you wearing a suit with no pants? <laughs> uh, I was wearing mirrored, mirrored sunglasses, so I was hoping I was being discreet. Oh, and- I was wearing mirrored sunglasses too, but they were mirrored inward, so I had I couldn't <laughs> see a thing. Okay, <laughs> that's actually how Christopher Lambert usually sees. Yes. Wow, uh, Rick, do you have any questions during this question time? <laughs> No, no. I, I, oh, everything was answered. We're all good. We did the first I, cut. Yeah. Wow. I'm feeling pretty good about this. So he, he ditches his sword up in a place. You'll definitely find it. Oh, yeah. And he runs. Yeah. Just in case he gets uh, arrested. Well, I'm, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, there will be definite discussion in the next cut about just how much the police are hassling this guy. <laughs> Just leave him alone. He's just a guy get doing some weird stuff with another guy in the parking lot of Madison Square Garden. Can't we just let it might have felt real good. It felt real good. He did. He did destroy most of the cars. Oh, God. How mad would you be if you came out to, to, to after a great wrestling match? You're just oh, God. And then holy crap, your car is obliterated. Every panel of glass in that entire floor of cars it seemed smashed i would not exploded Uh, all right what do we do now at the end well uh i know rick did this and i did this too we made a list of i mean our uh what the next cuts should be so i made a list of every single cut all right what's the next cut uh So, so what did you have rick so i sent so i sent you guys the clips for these cuts the uh, the next section we're going to do is from 11 minutes 16, which is the pan transition between the present day and the past. And it goes until 26 minutes 
10 seconds. And oh, that is the, that, one in there. that is the transition just after the Kurgan receives his special visitor and the door closes. But weren't we going cut by cut? Like, weren't we going from death to death or impaling? Oh, here we go. Our first beef I mean, on air. I mean, I Listen, thought that was the original idea. Rick, there's the an impaling that happens when that door closes. And that's <laughs> Wait, are we enough implying? justification so we're for implying? me. Of course you are. <laughs> Candy, of course you are. I I don't care. I don't care. I I you I made a list of every single every. I, I'm trying to go along with the the thing. I, but, I hope you know. there's a huge beef. I hope you guys won't do the show anymore. I hope you're so <laughs> mad at each other. I just I, feel bad if Rick edited a bunch of videos and cut a bunch of videos. So we're we're all set for for that. I don't want to interrupt the process. But yeah, so that. I cut this specific movie up into eight sections. So we will have eight episodes over the course of this coverage. Um. And I made a special, uh, special care to not cut scenes in half. That was my goal. All right. (laughs) Well, it's cut by cut. It doesn't have to actually be from when someone dies. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, cause my, my next one was Connor's death, which is like, wait, does he kill candy later? Is he killing candy or is he just stabbing her? Cause that's not a sword that we know of. (laughs) Hey, you don't know how you You don't know if it's more than a cubit. Yeah. I've never talked to Clancy Brown that way. I mean, I assume from his voice, it's definitely it's larger than a cubit. So uh, we'll get to Clancy uh, in a, what, next week. Thank God. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I'm, name. I, I'm excited for Clancy. Uh, but yeah, this is a great first episode. I think we I think we nailed it. Um, ah, does, congratulations uh, I, to us. Like we talked about in the intro. Uh, does this death? Is this uh, is this a good death? Does this death mean anything? How important is this death in the movie? I think it's very important. It sets up how this orgasm works. Mm-hmm. It sets yeah. up kind of like the rules. It shows us the rules real quickly, even though we got a little bit of it in the intro. It's like, okay, you have a battle one-on-one. You fight with swords, and whoever wins gets the power. Great. Yep. Also, the stakes are literal life and death. Mm. It it causes... Uh, we'll find out a, a way for Connor to uh, find a new uh, love in his life uh, because uh, it's very important. So Fazil helped help bring that together. He's mm-hmm. a matchmaker. I mean, if there's anything you could say about Fazil, he's a flick flacker and a matchmaker. He there is. you go. All right, cool. <laughs> what a great guy. Yeah. We'll miss him. RIP knew him so I know rest in two pieces <laughs> <laughs> I mean a big piece and a little piece but yeah rest yeah, in peace yeah. hey you know what it's a valuable piece because uh from what I read the fiberglass decapitated head prop of a seal used on screen was sold for 2500 euros Ooh. So that's more than nothing I guess everybody had to get one made except the Kurgan he yeah. got a like a flap made I don't know we'll, we'll find out yeah yeah Cool. Well, uh, if you want to find us, our podcast, okay. you can go to Robin's pre laughing at our the name of our uh, the name of our website. Go to swordboys.biz. That's right, swordboys, not spelled b o i s, spelled normally. Swordboys, b o y s dot biz. Yep. And Sword if you boys. want to get a hold of us, just email us at swordboys.biz at gmail.com. It and works. it's and it's not it's the dot not dot it's swordboys dot biz <laughs> not yep. dot dot just take the name of the website 
throw at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Let us know where we're getting stuff wrong. That'll be fun. We didn't know that you could put a dot in a Gmail. So I'm pretty impressed with swordboys.biz. So yeah, we're super excited. We're going to talk about this and uh, definitely let us know. Hit us up on uh, shit. What should we be on? TikTok? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can we split all all this podcast up into several TikTok videos? (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Let us know. We'll have a Facebook group and it will have a name. Yeah. 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 Facebook go. group sounds fine. And that and that Facebook group, uh, let us know uh what we got wrong, how long swords should be, and what your what you would dress as. What puffy shirt would you wear to be a to be an immortal? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Let us know what you would be dressing as. You can send us pictures too if you want to not of yourself, that's creepy, and not with not pants on. Don't fazeal yeah, us. Do not fazeal <laughs> Facebook page. We don't need to see the the full fazeal, okay? (laughs) Coming up next time, take me away. I don't mind. You better promise me I'll be back in time. 1536 to be precise. We'll see the life and death of Connor McLeod. Then zip back to the present where the NYPD has made it their mission to get to the bottom of all this sword fighting. Meanwhile, a sinister figure comes to the city. Goddamn, Rick. Nice. (laughs) That's really good. I love that we don't have a, uh, we still don't have a sign off. No, we do. Do you, oh, do you already want... came up with it? All right, go. I, we have to say it together. Oh, okay. Oh, remind me, is it cling cling or cling? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cling cling. Yeah, cling cling. Yeah. All, right, all, right, all right. And until next time, cling cling cling. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We are such sword boys. Now, can you record that in your bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) Get my recorder down like next to something like right next to the toilet. So you get that porcelain. Since the dawn of time. Uh, Oh, damn it. I don't have any. I don't have any TP. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a square to spare? (laughs) I've had I've had diarrhea. You've never seen it until now. (laughs) 